Now entering Nerdist.com. Chew it with a guy named Kevin. Chew it and this other guy Steve. Chew it from the TV and the movies, and now this podcast stream. Chew it, they're gonna get chewy. Chew it, they might even get me. Chew it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Okay, you chew. You gotta chew. Everybody choose. Okay, now you chew by yourself. Okay, what are you eating? I'm eating a, an Italian sub. Oh, good. Okay, okay, good. That was good. What were you eating? Um, I just had a salad because I'm on a diet. Okay, I just had... Because we're in pre-production. We're in pre-production. I just had a yogurt parfait, yogurt with strawberries and a granola. Oh, really? Delicious, actually. I'm starting to crave those things for breakfast. I, I do, but you know, I don't think there's... I don't think they're as dietetic as they're laid out to be. Yeah, you know what? I don't think salads are as dietetic as they're laid out. Well, it depends on what dressing you put. Well, it's the dressing is the fucking. We're not in a competition about whose fucking thing was more dietetic. Look at this. Okay, I had a wedge salad with gorgonzola. <laughs> that's and not. Bacon. That's not. I, dietetic. I don't think that's dietetic that's at all. Dietetic. I don't think that's dietetic at all. That's not dietetic. Is that a right word? The right word? Dietetic. Diuretic. Diuretic. You know, di- the interesting thing about a diuretic is not to make you go diarrhea; it's to make you go pee pee. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like you think a diuretic um, is like, oh, to. All right, we have a guest here, okay? And we also need to, uh, we have business to do. I don't like how bossy you're being. When right do you want to do it? What, how do you want to do it? You want to do the business first? Let's do our business first. Okay. Can I go back to this PP thing for a minute? Yes, yeah. go. So, what do you, is that what you use with your children? Is it time to go pee pee? Uh, is that what I say to them? Yes. Like, do you uh, use the thing pee pee? Yeah, you want to go pee pee. Yeah, interesting. What did you say? What do you say? I think. Do you need you take to go a to the fucking bathroom? dump? Hey, you gotta take a fucking dump. <laughs> you want to go take a dick dump? Hey, have, but I know I say <laughs> I might have dick to piss. Dump. <laughs> you have to piss. You have said to go that piss, right? But you don't say it to your daughter. I say your little I, daughter. I, I don't think I say it to my daughter, but I think to my son I might. But I, back, I have to think yeah. about but it. You gotta take a when, piss. Hey, you gotta take a piss. <laughs> back when he was four, you said, "Well, you gotta take a piss." <laughs> you gotta take a dick dump. <laughs> yeah, he, he knows it as going pee pee and going and poop, and go potty is the general thing. You have to go potty, and then when he gets there, he. It's usually a pee-pee, but... I still call it poop. Yeah, poop. I man, I call it for me. I, no, take, I call it shit. Kevin's I take a never shit. taken a poop in his life. But I say to my kids, I don't say to my kids, you got to take a shit. Right. Yeah. Nor do I... I don't say, you know, my, my boys, you have to take a Sorry test. for the uh, digression. No, it's good. It's good. I mean, you'll find out that I don't love digression, but I do love digression. He doesn't like digression. We had, a, we had an episode a few weeks ago where we, all we did was digress. <laughs> and, uh, intentional digression. Yeah, but not intentional at Drove first. Drove me crazy. Not intentionally at first. We we actually had an agenda. And we never got to it, and you could see you could see poor Kevin was was uh, traumatized. It ended up being all right, though. Yeah. Let's get this business out of the way, okay? This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. 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 We got a new got a new ad or advertiser this week. This is. Uh, I'm wondering a couple things about that. First of all, Squarespace with the arrival of Squarespace. Squarespace now. Squarespace yeah. is tough to say quickly. Squarespace. Squarespace. It means we have really uh, we've joined um, the world of the high tech current technology boom. I guess so. Squarespace is the shit. I know but we've we've had Squarespace before as our. I'm just saying, but I, I didn't know what it was back then. Now I oh, know. Oh, now it is. you know what it is. <laughs> yeah, they'll be psyched to hear that. Yeah. Okay, but let me tell you a little bit more more about Squarespace, Lemmy. Okay, it's the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates. An incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter your offer code CHEWIN. C-H-E-W-I-N to get 10% off. CHEWIN. Not CHEWING. There's a lot more here. Do you want me to keep going? CHEWIN. There's a lot more. I apologize to, to our guest. I Rich, actually do want you to keep going. Okay, because you know why? I know you're, you're probably, you know, you want to build a website for your whatever it is you do, whatever you sell, right? Yeah, I whatever sell. Whatever crap you sell. 
I'll know, tell you this, though. You know what I sell? What? I sell friendship. Okay. All right. Well, let me, for example, let's say you're building your friendship website. Yeah. Okay? Building the website can be tough. And if you do know your way around coding or creating something that looks good and it works well, it's a time-consuming affair. That's a time-consuming affair, right? I know. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, whatever else in this day, a friendship website. Yeah. You probably need one. Lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, beautiful website templates for you to work with. Not only that, but the templates are part of Squarespace's responsive design, which means your website... Oh, did you hear that? Yeah. I was on a roll, man. I'm sitting like a foot away from you, of course. Your website scales to look great on any device. Your little phone... Your iPad? Here's, here's a tip for you, Kev. Yeah. Quit reading the copy to me and trying to put on a performance. Just read it off the page. Well, you know, they want us to make it interesting and, and personal to us. So I'm trying to draw you into it, but you're just being a dick. So you that's know, the you've problem. You've been a dick the whole time already. All right. Every website you build also comes with a free online store if you need it. You can sell shit. You can sell merch. Just need something minimalistic but powerful? The cover page feature allows you to set up a beautiful one-page online presence in minutes. Seriously. You can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. It gives you 24-7 online support. A beautiful website. You know how much, you know how much it costs? I, I don't. Eight bucks a month. Do you think Squarespace was like... Eight bucks a month. Eight dollars. That's nothing. Do you think Squarespace was like... Uh, you know what would be a great way to, uh, to sell our product online is to have some asshole <laughs> scream it uh, at their audience. You ever heard Crazy Eddie? His prices are insane. They were insane. No, you can nobody, even get a free domain. Nobody, crew knows who you can get a free though. domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. So what are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required. Start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code CHEWIN, C-H-E-W-I-N, to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for our podcast. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Ooh, I like that. They should have a, uh, huh? a Squarespace... Your reading should be interactive with that hand, uh, that index finger of yours, just pointing at like when the person. I point? Yeah, just pointing, pointing, pointing. Uh, I figured it out, Kevin. I yeah. figured out why you're so fucking cranky and such a dick already today. Why? It's because you're starving. I am hungry. It's because you're starving. <laughs> we went out to dinner last night, and uh, after we were done eating, I was still starving. Well, the, the dinner, and this is, this is something that we're going to be talking about today, uh, because, okay, so here, l- l- our, our guest today... Is, uh, Introduce our guest, would you? Our guest today is a dear old friend of ours who happens to be the producer of all of our films. That's how we met. Uh, his name is uh, is Rich Perello. Richard Perello. Richard Perello. Everybody, he's produced. Thank you, thank you. All Let's of hear the some Broken applause, applause films. for Richard Perello. Richard Perello. Right, he's done Puddle Cruiser, Super Troopers, Beer Fest, Club Dread, Slamming Salmon. Am I missing any? The 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 Santa special. I mean, other movies too. These are our movies though, that we've yeah. done together. And also a little something called Super Troopers too. And Super Troopers too, which we are now in pre-production right. on. So here we are. We're in an undisclosed location in the northeast of the United States of America. Yeah. I'm going to give them a hint: New England. <laughs> we're in New England, preparing to shoot Super Troopers two this week. We start this week. Yeah, and that means we're in pre-production. Yeah, and for those who don't know, pre-production, it's that period before you start shooting. It usually is about eight weeks for a movie, mm-hmm. and it's that period where you do the hardcore preparation, like you start spending the money, right? Yeah, locations, casting, crew. We do our rehearsals. It's all that stuff that you do right before you shoot. Yeah, and uh, and it means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. For the producer, it means many things. For the actors, it means a whole right. different Ask them. Situation. What does it mean? What does pre-production mean to you, Rich Perella? Uh, well, yeah, it's when you get all, all the stuff ready. 
and it's when you work out all the problems, like when the writers write a scene that requires a vehicle <laughs> to have an extra door that it doesn't have. <laughs> you have to figure out how to do it. I have to figure out how to do that. Uh, let me just say, Rich, when you walked in here, before we got on the mics, we were like, hey, how's it going, Rich? And you're like, it's a fucking shit storm. Yeah. It's a fucking shit storm oh, going on. Really? What, what have you been doing? Just solving fucking problems, that's all. <laughs> just putting out fires. <laughs> yeah. That's what it, that's what that, but isn't that what pre-production is? It's a shit it storm. Pre-production it's, is a shit storm. It's the shit storm, so you don't have a shit storm when you're shooting. While you're shooting. Right. Yeah, but, right. but as we all know, uh, it's so you don't have as many shit storms while you're shooting. Because as we know, every day of shooting, there's some sort of shit storm. Yeah, there's always some fire to put out during shooting. But you try and eliminate as many fires beforehand yeah. as possible. And it's a hard job. For instance, a little, a little insider story. I would say on the second day of shooting the movie Super Troopers, our yeah. second day on the highway, yeah. I saw our oh, Jesus. I saw oh, Jesus. Rizfrillo cry. <laughs> <laughs> but cry not in a way like... Oh, he cried. Just to but explain like what you mean. So it was, a, it was more touching. Break down on the side of the road. No, no. It wasn't like, I'm so overwhelmed. Oh, no, no. It but, was more like, you know... But it was a release... Can't we all get along? It was a release of tension. What it was was that like, you know, we, had, we were shooting the highway scenes first. It was very hot. And also those first few days... A lot of kinks have to be worked out. Like, you know, I mean, for everybody. It's like the actors, you know, you have to blow some dust off. Everyone's just sort of getting back in the groove. Food and drink is an important part of the of the uh, of a set, especially drink. Like on a hot day, you want water and stuff. We didn't Do have, you? There was no water. There was no soda. There was nothing. No bathroom. There were no bathrooms. That's just something, something that got overlooked. And there was, you know, crew mutiny. Yes. And, uh, and people were really hating on the production. And uh, Rich got out there when, when it seemed like everything had been solved. Because I think like, the problem had been solved, but then it wasn't. Rich was trying to hold it all together, man. Yeah. And he said, okay. He got everyone together. He said, all right, everybody, look, hold on a second. We're all trying to work really hard here. <laughs> and uh, if we could just, if you just bear with us, it's all going to be all right. <laughs> and he started crying. There's a little embellishment. There. I, Anything, I put my hand. No, he definitely cried. Did you cry? I definitely cried, yes. Yeah, he cried. And a lot of it was the release of tension and also sure. having to... Uh, but let's but I was genuinely... Uh, it was a cry of, uh, we are all family. I was genuinely trying right. to bring the family together. By the way, It's I like when your mom brings the family together and says something and she has you know, some emotion in her voice. Yeah. That's what it was like. Sure. He's projecting right, right now because that's the way it is in his family. Well, I, just, I don't want you to present Perello. Would... Like the first story you tell about Perello is that he's crying on the side of the road. Hey, listen, let me tell you that's something. Right. You, can't, without, you wouldn't be able to do this shit without, without Actually, him. the first story that was told about him was you being like him walking and him being like, you know, it's a fucking shit show. That's, I like that better. I like that, you know, him, you know. Yeah, listen, listen. Him walking into a hurricane. You know what I'm saying, bro? Let me tell you something about, let me yeah. tell you something about Rich Perello. Yeah. He wasn't really crying that day. <laughs> that was oh, calculated. Was for effect? That was calculated. Probably is. After that, Nobody, that production was seamless after that, for the most part. <laughs> like, nobody, but that was it. It was like, after that, there was no more mutiny, uh, for the most part. We, right. people were like, you know what? He fucking well, cares. That yeah. guy cares. Well, one, one was solved with care, and the other was so- solved with brute force. Right. right. Yeah. Which is, you have to know when to do that, as yes. a producer. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, you're like, you know what you are? You're like, you're like when Bruce Lee talked about how martial arts was like water. Sometimes you have to know when to just allow somebody to swim through you, and other times you have to fucking pound them like a wave. Yep. Sure. But the other thing about Rich Perello is that 
the the one thing you problem you know about, he's already solved fifteen problems that you don't even know about, and we'll never know. About. I'm gonna say this about Rich Perel. He's the best producer on the planet. Yeah, there you go. He's the best producer <laughs> well, on the is. planet. Well, thank you, Steve. There's nobody I'd rather go into battle with than right. you, Rich Perel. And you know what? It would be totally logical for you two because. You wouldn't have made seven movies with Rich Perello if he wasn't good at what he did, right? No, not at all. Like I could knowing say, you, if knowing I was, how ruthless you are. Let me tell you something about Rich Perello. <laughs> Rich Perello, and this is something I was I was hoping to save for later in the podcast. But okay. like, are you gonna cry? Are you gonna start crying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, well, Rich and I, I forget. What it, was, it was Super Troopers too, where it was like at some point we had one of those "I love you, man" moments. Like yeah. it was at, it was at one of our like motel room parties when we're like three weeks into it. Yeah. And we're like, holy shit, this is fucking happening. This is going. And it was like, we're drinking. We're drunk. We just looked at each other like from like five feet away. We're like, I fucking love you, man. <laughs> and we, and he, I love you, too. And we fucking hugged. Yes. And now we have that moment on every film. Yeah. And gonna, you'll probably have it on this one, well, right? Definitely yeah. going to have it on this one. On this one. We're going to have it a couple times. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Multiple times you're going to have it on this one. Because, because there's like, uh, now we're just going to tell some Rich Perello stories. Because, well, first of all. Well, we got a lot of pre-production stories, too. We got I know, pre-production. I know. But and, this and, is, and I want to hear some Perello pre-production I'm gonna stories. I'm going to tell too. some Perello pre-production stories. Here's, here's, yeah. a, here's a Perello, uh, a Super Troopers pre-production story. At some point, we discovered that Rich Perello's, uh a great nickname for Rich Perello would be Dick P. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember sure we, he we were sitting in his office, and uh, well, yeah. that was the thing was that yeah. like we were like, "Holy shit, Dick P." We started laughing about it, and Rich was going, "Nah, nah, 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 that's not a good nickname. That's not a good nickname," which virtually ensured it uh, to be cemented, cemented right. forever. And then he was like, "Okay, okay, fine. Only you guys can call me Dick P, but nobody else." And his assistant <laughs> walked in, and he's like, "You ever call me Dick P? You're fucking fired." <laughs> <laughs> And then, and, and you know, Rich also ran our, our Broken Lizard office at Warner Brothers. Right, right. And all the people there, we'd walk around being Dick P, Dick P. And I think one time one person was like, hey, Dick P. And he's like, don't you ever fucking call me that again? You're fired. <laughs> so, you know. So that's the, the other thing. The other thing. Now, yeah. this, was, this was not technically pre-production. But right. I would like to mention a certain a highlight of the Rich Perella. Another job of putting out fires sometimes is you have to squash egos. Mm-hmm. There was a particular crew member on Super Troopers that had a very big ego, and he and Rich were clashing often. Okay. At some point, like, what we know about Rich Perello is that he is the greatest player of Mercy on the planet. Mercy <laughs> is the game, for those of you who don't know, you stand across from your opponent, you, both, you clasp both hands, and then it's basically like, who can break the other person's wrist? Right. You push it back until they have to say Mercy. Sure. I think people know that game. Rich always talked about, like, yeah, I'm great at mercy. I'm great at mercy. I'm great at mercy. As it turned out, at some point, coincidentally, that particular crew member was like, I'm the best mercy player ever. Right. And we were like, holy shit, this is it. And so Rich and this crew member were going to go head-to-head in mercy. And this was in a hotel room. Everyone had been partying quite a bit. The mercy contest happened, and it was epic. Yeah. It was like, you know, it was like... Ollie Frazier. It was. It was like all a, over the room. In the bathroom 15, on the floor, falling the onto the floor. Right. Yeah, sure. into other rooms. Yep. Uh, like it's like the fight from every which way, uh, but loose with sure. Eastwood. You know, if anybody sure. remembers that, like crashing into things, people screaming, and eventually Rich Perello won the contest. Right after like what thirty minutes? Was that a thirty minute? It was. A, it was a long and brutal battle. But you produced a victory. Yes, he did, <laughs> and produced high morale. So that was the brute force victory. <laughs> That's your uh, brute force victory. Versus the uh, see, he can cry and he can he can right. inflict pain. Listen, the two go hand in hand. Let's talk more about Passion. pre-production. Let's talk about because I think pre-production is probably the most challenging time in making a movie for a producer. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. I mean, kind of like once you get rolling. 
And uh, and so, uh, do you think it was a, the categorization or it was right? Like as an eight week thing. That's when you know. You yeah, do all I mean, stuff, you do a or? lot of stuff before the eight weeks to yeah. get ready. You sort of know who you're going to for cast. You kind of know what you're looking for in terms of costumes and vehicles and people that you're going to hire. But technically, you don't go on a clock until eight weeks prior, and that's when everything, the office starts to open. Um, you're hiring all the people that can help execute and deal with all the problems. So <clears throat> generally eight weeks. And what's the hard, the hard, I feel like the hardest thing in that eight weeks is, is that's when you really know you can stay in your budget or not stay in your budget, you think? Or? Yeah, that's when you, you, know, you, you do all these estimates on what you think it's going to be. And then, you know, someone requests, for example, like I said before, you know, an extra door in a vehicle. Right. And so now you're finding <laughs> out what that really costs. Right. And um, so, and then you that have to say, okay, if we're going to accommodate this, we got to pull it from somewhere else. And where do we pull it from? Well, I can't pull it from there because I need right. this. And so it's that you know shuffling game of what gets saved and what goes bye bye. And you know you're not always working with the same people, so you know you're working with new personalities. You don't know how well they can execute what you need them to execute. But ho- you know what you hope is by the end of that eight weeks, all the questions have been answered and. Nothing's left to chance once you get out into the field, other than weather. Yeah, and, uh, you know we might find that the out most challenging this week. part. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's already freezing here. But I kind of I broke it down to a bunch of different categories, and you know there are some funny stories I think that led itself uh, well to these pre-production. We categories. should call this podcast categories. Mm-hmm. With Kevin Hefferton. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, do you, I are you uh, do you always like yeah. structure the? I uh, try to, or else because Lemmy, uh, have you ever had a conversation with Lemmy? Yes. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It goes lefty righty, you know what I mean? And gentle sometimes. Yeah, but you got to yeah, keep that's on. What makes it charming and wonderful. Thank you, thank you, Rich. That's the tension, though. That's the right. wonderful tension. Thank you, that thank you for producing. when it gets when it goes so far that it's charming, we keep it, and then when it passes that line, then I have to bring it back. Yeah, yeah. but then but then there's Kevin, Kevin, who's like re- he's got his list, he's pointing at our guests right in their face, <laughs> and when it doesn't, wh- what happens is when Kevin has a moment of being human where he wants to go off on a tangent, he fucking short circuits. He's like, should I? I don't know. Can I? Should I tell a story? Can I tell? Can I do? Or should I? Get it? I'm like just fucking follow. But the thing heart, is, before bro. we, you know, get out here, we talk about funny stories we love, and so you want to get to them as opposed to right. we'll get to not them. Get to them. So, you so know, this is them. your map. This it's is a your map. pre-production. It's a it's my pre-production. Uh, uh, I have a pre-production will. of our production, right. and and now I have a map, and we can stick to it or not stick yeah. to it. And but uh, it's also good when and I guess when I'm, I'm the shit show. I'm the you're shit the shit show, and when and things get boring, then we can move into a category we know we like a story. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, when things get boring, I can start. Talk. Yeah. Like, one of the biggest things uh, uh, that I found the most fun about pre-production is location scouting. Yes. And finding that place where you can shoot the movie. Because it's not always the case where you, like, you can look at a place, like I think of Beer Fest, right? We went and uh, we looked at a bunch of places and we found, like, a car dealership. Yeah, a car garage. And we're like, this could be the arena in Beer Fest. And you don't even really think of it that way. And then all of a sudden it gets made. You know what yeah, I mean? It's one of, that's one of my favorite things is when you actually, you look at something that... You kind of think might work, yeah. and then all of a sudden the people start putting the magic to it, and it's, yeah. it's amazing. That arena was great, and also in Beerfest, the um, those where, you know the whole warehouse section in Albuquerque, which we turned into a, a few different things, but for the most part we turned it into Amsterdam. Right, and uh, it's just kind of fun when you see those locations uh, that can turn into something great. You know, I think mean, I think the coolest location kind of scout we had was Club Dread. No doubt about it. Do you think? I, mean, I remember we were at this because <clears throat> the whole thing took place at a, a resort. Yeah, we were at some dumpy place on the coast of Mexico, mm-hmm. looking around, saying, "Well, I guess you know, movie magic will make yeah, this we'll work. make it look beautiful." 
and there was a place across the bay with this beautiful dock. Mm-hmm. And the uh, folks that were showing us the locations were like, oh, you'll never be able to get that place. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so it was like, well, let's just try. Let's just see what we can do. Yeah. And, and uh, by the end of the afternoon, standing on this golf course overlooking the ocean with the cliffs and the water splashing up in one of the most beautiful places in the world, we, we closed the deal. Yeah. And also, also realizing in the process that like the only way we could properly afford it was if we actually just lived there at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> you know, shot. that was the only way to do it. Yeah. But that was, it was a pretty fun thing because you and Jay and I and, and, the producer, and the other producer, whatever, the studio people, kind of went to a few different places up and down the coast. And then, yeah, we stumbled across this place. And, and on the way, one of the scenes was um, a cliff. We needed a cliff for cliff diving. Yeah. So we go onto this gorgeous oceanfront property with the location person and a couple of other folks. We drive in and we stand on the edge of the cliff looking out over this beautiful expanse and pointing down at the water. And isn't this fantastic? Yeah. Way deep in the distance was some, you know, like military boat. Yeah. And then, uh, and there's a huge compound. It was like yeah. in Mexico. We're in Mexico. Yeah. In. We're yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. And as we're driving out, mm-hmm. a a pickup truck or a bigger truck, like a military truck with yeah. 10 guys with machine guns, stop us, jump out of the car, point the guns at all of us. In the Get car, us out of the car. Put us up against a cliff wall. Yeah. And they suspected that we were drug runners. They thought we were picking a place along the coast to land our, our stashes and our boats. Mm-hmm. And they pulled us over. It was fucking terrifying. These oh dudes God. with machine guns. Pointing right at you. Not even yeah. like, you know, at the ground. And yeah. we're a bunch of gringos. We don't even speak the language. Oh, you know what I mean? Too bad you didn't have a Spanish-speaking person. Well, we did. We had like the uh, we had you know the guy who was driving. Us. Who the fuck is that guy? You know, yeah. maybe he's a criminal. I don't know. Sure. You know what I mean? And he's trying to explain you know eh, who we are, and then finally they let us go. But that's pretty fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah. My you know my my experience in the pre-production in Mexico was that uh, Super Troopers was coming out in Mexico at the time, and so stole, because I spoke Spanish. I was supposed to go to Mexico City to do the press. Right. I brought Stolhansky with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he'd be a fun wingman while you guys were doing your fucking, you know, your organized shit. And uh, we went, we stayed at the Four Seasons Hotel on Fox's Dime. Nice. Right. And we did uh, television interviews where I got to speak in Spanish and Stolhansky, you know, sat next to me. <laughs> and uh, the, the, funny, the funny part was that, like, the guy behind the desk at the Four Seasons was like, eh, you know, if... Uh, you you want to? We can charge. You, we can just say a room charge of uh, ten thousand pesos, and we just give you the cash. <laughs> and we're like, and you just charge to the to the fox. And he's like, yes. And we're like, <laughs> okay, we'll each have one of those. <laughs> we'll do some of that. We were going out to nice dinners, but that was also like, uh, I was drinking a martini straight up. We we were like, there's a lot of ways to get the Montezuma's revenge here in Mexico. Sure. And as I was drinking my martini, I realized they had strained it through ice. I was looking in, like cross-eyed into my martini, realizing I was drinking some diarrhea. Right. And sure enough, a couple of days later. You. I got it in Mexico City, too. Yeah. During no pre-production. It. There's no avoiding it. We, we were in pre-production. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But casting, you know, we, we got sent down there to do extras casting. Because where we were shooting in Mexico, there was no, you know, you, you drew your, your extras from Mexico City. So we went over to Mexico City and... Um, and we were staying in a nice hotel. We were casting these beautiful Mexican extras. Yeah, I'm curious to hear about that. Uh, and uh, well, I mean, it wasn't you know, it wasn't lurid in any way. I mean, we went in and, and there actually were a few, you know, parts that uh, uh, that were set aside for Mexican actors, the local hires. Yeah, and so we we were auditioning them and whatever, and 
And uh, yeah, Jay and I went out on the town, and I got fucking nailed with some Montezuma's Revenge. On the town? Or? Out, yeah, I had to go back home. So the next night I was in. Well, and you know, it, it, the funny thing is when you're with all like, your Mexican handlers, they think it's the funniest thing oh in the fucking God. world. They're just waiting for it. It's an you know, they're like, <laughs> oh, well, let me see if I can help you. Yeah, I'll yeah, get okay, for you. Okay. Know I mean? Yeah, it's like, it's like y- y- your version. It's like Mexico's version of the period. Like, okay. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> it's his time of the month. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they expect it to happen all this. But that's, you know, that's, again, really a part of pre production is working out the kinks. Yeah. And that's what your body has to work out its kinks. <laughs> that's your body's pre production. Get it out of the way. But I remember standing on that resort, on those resort grounds before we had it, and like looking at Rich and just saying, "Please, please, can we shoot this movie here?" Well, well, please. But you know that there are really nice things about location scouting in general, and 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 you know, for instance, with that thing, it's like one of the big uh, fun things about that resort was that the dock itself that you'd been looking at had been built for the movie "I Know What You Did Last Summer," part two. Two. Yeah. Yeah, and so like you get little bits of trivia about the town. You actually get shown around by tour guides, and you see cool things. Um, you know, like that mangrove forest mm-hmm. that uh, that we were shown. Yeah. Actually, later on in the in the thing, uh, w- w- turned out to be just a beautiful spot for uh, for vacation purposes. Uh, <laughs> so you just you know you learn things. You learn things you learn about nice locations. Things. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 kind of the opposite of that I thought was the location for Slam and Salmon, right? Right. Like that was more. Uh, uh, we were staying in L.A., which was unique and interesting, also. And we looked all over the place because we had, you know, limited budget and we had to try to find an yeah, independent. To, we were going to build the restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. yeah. It was tough to find a restaurant to stay closed for 30 days. Yeah. And then there was actually one that was closing and another production doing a restaurant movie snagged it. Who, who was it? That was uh, Waiting. Still Waiting. Yeah, still the, Waiting. The, the Waiting sequel. Right. Right. Okay. And so, uh, so then we had to find like a, basically a warehouse where we could build our own working restaurant which yeah. is pretty awesome it was great because uh uh we never experienced it before but essentially we built everything we needed and so you could build it to the specifications of what you needed it for you know what i mean like right. like we knew how scenes were going to play out in certain rooms and so then you could build like like we built that back uh uh back area of the kitchen right with the flyaway wall yeah with flyaway wall one we did like a like a porthole we built one into the wall so you could put a camera in the wall. The same thing with the those booths that the customers sat in. Yep. You could pull the wall off and then put the camera there. So that was a very kind of different, like, you didn't have to find something to make it fit. You may, you built it the way you wanted to build, which I think was kind of cool. I also, I also like the fact that, like, by the front door vestibule, you were able to build the outdoor. I mean, technically, it actually opened to the outdoors, but then you, you right. know, we, ha- we had the horse <laughs> uh, seeing right. all that stuff right. that went on out there, right? Um, yeah, the, the, the slam and Sam was cool too because that was really a situation. What you were talking about, Rich, before, where you're like, uh, you know, a lot of times you go to a location and then you modify it to your specifications. And this thing, it was like building it from the ground up. You'd walk in there every couple of days, and you're like, oh, there's the booze, there's the fish tank, there's yeah, the bar. It's getting close, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's pretty awesome. But the, the, I always find the the scary thing, and this this is across the board with everything. It never is finished the day before <laughs> you go in there. Like, you're, there's always a bit of panic as you walk in. You're like, "How are they gonna?" F-? Like, like, sure. Another version of it is like costumes. Yeah, like with the bear fucker costume, for right. instance. Right. Right. The the Melissa Bruning, who did a great job on yep. the costumes on Super Troopers, she the design for the bear. I remember the night before we were shooting that thing, she had a big piece of of styrofoam, Foam, yeah, and was just like. 
chiseling it, like carving <laughs> it. It was like, how are you possibly going to get this done by tomorrow? Yeah. And then sure enough, the next day, like, literally. Well, the funny thing is, not even the next day. So, so in the parking lot. Yeah. Minutes before <laughs> yeah. that bear was playing, yeah. there's still like foam flying up in the air and yeah. fur coming out. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's still wet paint right. as, uh, as Rabbit got inside it. It was so, shocking. Yeah. Slipped inside it. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's always, it's always like last minute. Like you never, it's never truly finished. Yeah. Until the very last second, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and even it, then, for all still these putting things, on f- yeah. finishing touches. Yeah, uh, uh, just the uh, final piece on that, which we talked about earlier, the Slam and Salmon location. Yeah, yeah. which was f- we, you know funny too was that uh, it turned out that that studio was like a por- like where they shot porn movies, lots of them. And I think the day One of the we most successful porn movies of all actually, time, yeah, the most. Sure. That's it. Well, the day we were tearing down that set, our set, which was a sad day, they were coming in to build a pirate ship. In that studio to do like Ass Pirates was, of the World or something. Ass like that, Pirates it? of the Caribbean. It was uh, <laughs> it was the porno version of uh, of Pirates of the Caribbean. Right, and it was like the biggest selling yeah. thing, right? Highest budget for a porno movie ever, and also the highest grossing. Yeah, uh, right. and the grossest. Well, I mean, it's like because they were like uh, I think like the sequel called like like Pirates Booty or something like. Uh, or at like world's rear end, wasn't that it? <laughs> it was like a lot of ass. They were ass pirates, uh, but uh, but that, that, you know it's a good. By the way, it's a good thing to think about. Like anytime there's a blockbuster movie in the theaters, it might translate over to porn. Sure, you sure. know it's like the Born Identity. I mean, like. Is this, a, like, is this a stand-up routine of yours? No, no, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking about like, like Lemmy's got a new routine. That's when you know you've made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When there's a porn. Yeah. Was a porn of your like thing. Jurassic Park could be a good one. <laughs> there you go. Right. What do you uh, in your memory like Super Troopers? Like, what were the biggest challenges of the locations? Was it like the highway, or was it? Yeah, I think the highway more than anything. Everything else seemed to go relatively smoothly. It was the. Being on the highway seven days in yeah. the scorching heat, but finding a place that you could do it too, right? For the yeah, budget, finding, I mean, you know, we had to close a road down yeah. because we were we we're doing so much stuff on the road. We couldn't have what they call intermittent traffic, where the police stop people and then they let them go in every you know few minutes. So we need to literally shut down a road. Yeah. And the, the awesome thing about this, and I don't think anybody's actually talked about this before. Our highway that we we were able to secure was on a state road, um, and their entryway to that highway was a local road. Right. And so every day there was a battle between the state troopers Mm -hmm. and the local police on who had jurisdiction over getting our trucks on there, keeping the thing closed. So it was, uh, you know, super troopers playing out in real life as we were shooting it. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. We actually have talked about that before. But you wouldn't know that because you haven't. Uh, you didn't even know we did a podcast. I don't, I don't know you don't even know, know what a podcast is. I, I'm just <laughs> learning what the podcast is. I still don't know what where this lives. Uh, yeah. We're going to play it for the crew uh, for morale. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm trying to think though if there were, what the other locations were. You know, we had to build that uh, jail uh, cell and the yeah. and the local cop and oh, we had that to build was a our good cop location, thing. The the actual shooting range. The actual shooting range. Yeah. We had to find that. We've, we've talked about that a couple of times, the, the Fishkill Correctional Facility. Yeah, yeah. with the inmates uh, overlooking. <laughs> it's the worst who wanted of the to worst. fuck Lemmy. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a, I always thought it was funny. The, uh, the place for the local cop station 
was in a very rough uh, neighborhood. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty seedy. Where we, you know, we drive to it in the police car. Was it Beacon, New York, around. or something like that? Or? Yeah. Now it's a beautiful. I mean, it's yeah. really changed dramatically. It's called gentrified now. Yeah. But like, I remember you like you'd be driving by in your police car, and you're like. I actually think they hate the police here, and I actually think they might shoot me. <laughs> this is scary. It's scary. I'm not a real cop. Yeah. Forgive me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, 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 during pre-production, I sometimes find it awkward to uh, scout people's houses, like people's real-life houses, because you have to go into their... I mean, a lot of, you know, in like Los Angeles, people have a, there's a service for people. Yeah, who, it's a big, it's a big business. Who volunteer for it. I think Soder just uh, like last week ha- had like some big commercial shooting at his house. Yeah, he, he was well, out of his house for like four or five days. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that neighborhood up there in Pasadena yeah. is like is is big for for commercial shoots. Yeah. Um, but like, but you go around there, and it's it's a little awkward, especially if the owner's like walking around. Well, know? and they always are because somebody's got to be there to let you in, and so yeah. you, like you literally you walk like ten of you walk in. I honest, I don't like ten people. Any ten people, even my best friends, to walk into my house at the same time. It's a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm OCD right. or something or anal, but I'm looking at like ten pairs of shoes right. already scuffing up my floor. <laughs> but then they're wa- they're looking at the walls and go, "We'll just take this wall out. Yeah, we'll build a new door here." Yeah. It's that, or they're like, "Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> this, no, this is no good." That's you know, and you're like, "This is my house, dude." That's, yeah, no, that's not gonna work. And you do it too. You walk in, you're like. You're like, okay, well, we could use this for that, and then you find the f- the first thing that you don't. You're like, you're like, oh. <laughs> Okay, and then you're like in the backyard, and you're like you look around to see if anybody can hear you, and you start fucking trashing their house, <laughs> even though it's a beautiful house. You're, you're like, you know what? This thing is no good for yeah. this, and that thing is too small. I don't think, uh, even though it's better than the house you live in, right? Yeah, but you know, but then you 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 also come across some people. Like we came across somebody who she uh, bred chickens and had all kinds of little chicken eggs, right? That she was talking about, and of course, you know. And the way the dynamic works is Kevin just walks away. He doesn't hear it. I stay and listen. Very I don't politely. engage in small talk. Yeah, and I listened about about the chicken yeah. eggs. Let me install hands here. More stall, small talk guys. You know, I'm actually not a small talk guy. I'm just trying to get to know people of the planet Earth. What I am is I, <laughs> I'm a horizon broadener. Oh. I like to broaden my horizons, and then I come to you and I report to you what I learned, and you'll actually listen to me, right? About it, I tell you about the chicken eggs, and See, then, that's why he doesn't need to. to I know. Engage. Like I shrink talk. my horizon to you because he has you. Yeah, that's right. So I'm so I'm your horizon broadener. All right, some other funny stuff, like uh, uh, stuff that ends up going to the last minute is the casting. We talked about that also. Always, yeah. Uh, the Slam and Salmon casting, I thought was a blast. Maybe my most fun casting, just because again we shot the movie in L.A. and it was more like. It was during the writer strike, so we had access a to a lot of people yeah. who were out of work, mm-hmm. and it was like putting pieces to a puzzle together. You know, it's like, and we got pretty much everyone that we wanted to. You know, we had a nice uh, array of people, and that you know, for you, that was a pain in the ass because there's you know like fifty speaking parts in that movie. Yeah, right. But you always have fifty. That wasn't like anything different. I can't. I think I feel like that was a very like vignette that movie. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like you guys are always in the fifty plus. Range. I guess. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But it's different than Puddle Cruiser. Like Puddle Cruiser casting, I don't know if you remember, but we did in Stelhansky's bedroom. Yep. <laughs> like in our loft. I mean, we come a long way. Yep. Going to Mexico City and doing our casting with extras. But we, there was a point in time where we did it in Stelhansky's bedroom, which was completely uncomfortable. Yeah, well, that was, uh, you know, we were casting out of the newspaper. We took out a newspaper ad. And, uh, you know, first thing that happens when you're doing something that, I mean, that's, a very, that's very different than real casting. Yeah. But like you get submit, you know, hundreds of submissions uh, for actors, and like you're look. I remember we got like one guy who had like 
a gun in his belt, like stuck in his belt. We're like, okay. <laughs> like, you put aside some of the hilarious headshots. You're yep. like, oh, yeah, like this will be good to get Bring stoned to. And, <laughs> yeah. And, but then, you know, what happens, you, you know, I mean, on that one we talked about, there were people who are definitely unqualified, but they're so attractive. <laughs> and you're, you're auditioning on Stolhansky's bed. Yeah. Which wait. is like a cliche, you know. Bullshit, cliche yeah, thing. I'm on Stolhansky's bed with the lead actress, and three guys are, you know, sitting on, yeah, on the other bed. Or yeah, no, I, that's it. I was on the on the chair with the actress, and you guys are all sitting Indian style on the bed, yeah, watching. <laughs> and then our buddy, like our buddy, you know, uh, was videotaping the whole thing, and right. you know, he knew she wasn't going to get the part, and. What a scumbag. He, like, started to lower the camera. Oh, and, like, you can't do that. He was, like, checking her out and everything. It was terrible. You can't do that. It was terrible. Thing. We're professionals now. We are professionals. But the thing is, like, you also get to this point where people, you go right to the last second. Like, we even, we don't, there are certain roles that aren't even closed yet cast. now. Yeah. For this, we're, we're shooting, shooting three days. Four days, three days, yeah. And yeah. Super Troopers, they're not even done yet. Yeah. And that's the nature of it. I mean, the whole thing is a heart attack. Yeah. It's a very stressful thing. Remember the funny Super Troopers one, though? We were, I remember we were, the day we were scouting... We were scouting that convention center where the where the thing happens at the end. Remember that? Yeah. We were in the parking lot. Yeah. And uh, we were trying to get Dan Patrick, the ESPN guy, well, to well, play the role of the mayor. Well, what right, right. what happened was just to back it up was that like we were trying to cast that role. Yeah. And then the casting agent said, "How about Dan Patrick?" Yeah. And we were like, "Fuck yeah, that'd be awesome, Dan yeah. Patrick from ESPN." Mm-hmm. We were like, "Fuck yeah, that would be super awesome." But I I remember it like. We we talked about him, and then she cast him. We got him. Right, and we were jumping around in that parking lot, like, hey, we got Dan Patrick, he's going to be fucking great. And then what we found out was that there's another Dan Patrick, yeah. <laughs> who is an actor that nobody knew who that was. Yeah. And that's the person that she cast. Yeah. Not the Dan Patrick that we wanted. Right, and then we fired Dan Patrick. <laughs> <Right>. And heard <laughs> through the grapevine that he was very upset yeah. about the whole thing. That was just bad luck. Mm. It's like that awesome. Well, that's why they don't. You're not supposed to have two names, right? Right, SAG. I think so. Yeah, but he probably had like an initial something. Like like Dan S. Daniel Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, sure. Yeah, or maybe Dan Pat. You know, this is a while ago. Maybe Dan Patrick had not yet done a SAG film or something sure. like that. Sure. But uh, it reminds me of that commercial. Do you ever see that commercial for the guy whose name is is Michael Jordan? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like everywhere he goes, like he gets off an airplane and there's the. The limousine driver with the name Michael Jordan, who's super excited. He's like, "That's me." And the guy's like, "Oh," <laughs> and like uh, anyway, uh, sure. Yeah, we were very excited of Dan Patrick from ESPN. Yeah, on there. Uh, yeah, but casting is also like then there's there is extreme joy. Like for instance, uh, you know, like when we found out we got Linda Carter for Super right. Troopers, we couldn't believe it. Yep. I remember like we were in our rehearsal space when we found out that Linda Carter had said yes. Mm-hmm. And it was like that. The rehearsal just went to shit after that. Yeah, we were just talking about how we were talking about Wonder Woman and how like we wouldn't even be able to look at her in the eye, <laughs> and how much she meant to us. And uh-huh. like we, I think we like went out and just started celebrating that we probably got Linda Carter. We got drunk. Yeah, that's all we did those days. Yeah. Every celebration. We just... But meanwhile, Pearl's got to put the deals together. Yeah, right. That's the hard part, right? What it are is. some of the crazy shit that actors ask for in their fucking deals? Um. They all want something crazy. They all want something crazy, like certain weird things in their dressing room. Yeah. You know, or they have dietary restrictions. We were talking about an actor yesterday uh, wants approval over everything else in the script. Right. Right? Didn't we talk about that? Yeah. We won't say who it is, but I wanted approval over everything in the script. Not just their parts. Right. Just the rest of the script. But everything. Yeah. Yep. We were also talking about, we talked about it with, with Brittany Daniel when she came on the podcast, how, like... Her thing was like she had to be fed every two hours. That was just because she was so ripped, and that was fine. 
with us, but like that was a requirement, her, uh, right. her dietary, which is which is good. Listen, we all have, I mean, even just like in the preparation of the character and pre-production, actors, yeah, we have a lot of weird requests. Sure, we have a, you know a lot of things that uh, you know we have to do. We like we sit down with like the makeup people and the hair people and mm-hmm. prop people and things like that. But that, but we also like we have big dietary situations also. Yeah. Right? Like, we've always find ourselves... I find, we find ourselves the opposite of Perello in pre-production. Like, when Perello's in pre-production, his cholesterol goes up and he starts smoking cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> we, in pre-production, try to go in the other direction. Yeah. And get in shape. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, don't you, don't you end up getting very unhealthy in pre-production? Yeah. Or am I not at liberty to say that? No, no. I get very unhealthy during <laughs> pre-production. And then I think, okay, once production starts, it's all going to be okay. Right. And it's not until the end of production that I then collapse. And <laughs> yeah. You're like the blues. You, you're not going to collapse. You're now, the blues you? mobile at the no. end of Blues Brothers. You, you get, you, we wrap, and then you, you're all, the doors fall off. Yeah. Is that going to happen? Is that going to happen? No, we'll be fine. This is short. This one's short. The next <laughs> okay. part. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Meanwhile, we, you know, we have to start getting in shape. It's gotten, at the, in the early days, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. Like when we made Puddle Cruiser and Super Troopers, we were just sort of in shape. Right. With super, well, you were. With, well, with, I wasn't. With Super Troopers, yeah, but you don't have to be. You don't have to <laughs> What be. does that mean? You're the funny fat guy. <laughs> okay. With, with, with Super Troopers, though, I remember we were all trying to get into cop shape. For me, that meant I, I had bought this, uh, that forearm uh, rig yeah. that I still have. And I was going to bring it here, but I was like, I don't want to bring that thing on, a, on an airplane. Like that, people will think that's a bomb. Uh, Why? Like it's just like a the coil. I don't coil know. It band. It didn't do it. But like, okay. uh, but we showed it in Super Troopers. That was to get the forearms ready. To have cop forearms, and I chewed a lot of gum to get my jaw muscles uh, ready. Right. That was the extent of my uh, right. your workout. That chewing was my gum. Work- yeah, chewing gum and exercise. <laughs> Will you forearms. pass your physical tomorrow? Uh, I mean, that's a whole other part of it. Right. But let's. But the dietary thing is annoying because, like, as we've gotten older, it's become more of an issue. Right. Because between projects, you tend to gain more weight because we're just older, mm-hmm. and so like you know, I remember like. Uh, when we were filming our, our TV pilot, yeah, we went on we went on a one month. All of us went on a one month long diet, which was no booze, no sweets, right? Exercise all the time. But what happens is you go on location scouts with the rest of the crew, right? And they're all like, it's all like big hairy dudes who were like, "Yeah, hey, where's the donuts? Yeah, yeah where's the? I'll take a bacon double cheeseburger." We did it two days ago when we went on our tech scout. I was so healthy, and then we went to that place. What did you get at that place? Uh, I feel like I tried so, to get something healthy. Bullshit! You got like a steak. Oh yeah, I got a steak. And that was the healthiest thing: the steak and cheese. Well, let, else was true. I got like a, some uh, gigantic. I can't remember, chicken, uh, fucking garlic. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but here's the thing: like I, I got a chicken marsala. Right. I ate two breasts. Oh, good for you! And I brought the rest home. Oh, it's good portion for you. control. That good for you. Do. There's a little self control. Good that, for you. Uh, needs oh to my be. God. What has happened to you guys? <laughs> good for you. Portion control. <laughs> Listen, dude. This is a fucking. Re- hey, that's like me saying to you, "What's happened to you? Why are you worried about the budget?" That's my job. <laughs> is to look, fuck, get in shape. That's my job. You know, you can have an extra chicken breast. Yeah, you look great, bro. You look good. I do. Are you sure? Because I feel like I look fat. Well, last night when we went to dinner, we had our little. A little meat bowl with with rice, yeah. and pr- behind us at the table, Prello was having a fucking oh, they were pigging out cheeseburger, of French fries, yeah, big blue cheese wedge with bacon bits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw your plates. I was like, that was kind of pathetic. Oh my god, it was embarrassing. We, we, I looked. Kevin found the under six hundred calorie uh, page on the menu. I was like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where? Where? Where, where is it? He's like in the back. I was like, where? Where? Oh, I got it. Got it. Got it. And then we got the same thing. 
And Kevin was like, you really don't order the same thing as me? And I was like, yeah, I'm confident, and I don't care about that. He's like, oh, why don't you order the, uh, the stir Thai fry, the, 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 uh, the stir fry, the Thai stir fry. <laughs> I was like, I don't want that. I want the steak that, you know, the steak that you're And we ordered the same thing. Steak salad that you How getting. cute is that? Yeah. It's very cute. Here's the great thing is when we made Beer Fest, our version of getting in shape for that was pounding beer and playing <laughs> drinking games. Yeah. We got to do as much of that as we wanted to. But, I mean, by the you time that well was prepared. done, we were fat as shit. I mean, we were just fucking fat. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, everybody was fat. It was yeah. gross. Yeah, we shot in the I winter as fat. That one. See, you look like where like right. I looked great. We were mo- we were more in your camp though. <laughs> like we were, you know, not dieting. At least I was like, I need to be as big as I possibly can be. My character's name's Landfill for Christ's sakes. Yeah, well that that made sense. That right, made but, sense. But it doesn't make sense when you have a heart attack. Uh, you know, that's different. Just don't die on us. Um, why do you? Why do you actors need to have physical? What is that? What is that? Is there an insurance? For insurance, thing? so if someone gets sick, you right. know, and and uh, while you're shooting, that the insurance company will help cover the cost of a lost day for that particular person if you can't switch. If someone goes stuff down around. Yeah. Have we ever had that? Have we ever had? We've talked about set injuries. Before, we've had someone sick before, but we were able to shuffle things around. Never. Yeah. We've never had a, an insurance insurance claim for someone getting sick, but you know. We've had productions where lots of people have gotten sick. Yeah, Beer Fest. We Beer Fest, we all got and, sick. And Club Dread, it was... Oh, that was a oh, different yeah. kind of sick. I lost four inches of my waist in that one. <laughs> Dude, I pooped 11 times in one day. <laughs> no, that's not even an exaggeration. Yeah, but no, that, but so uh, on what, today, tomorrow, whatever it is, we have to go and some yeah, doctor's going to come and... That's right. It's a very cursory thing. It is. I, 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 I want to make sure you're breathing and not it, you know, on the verge of death. It's a bit of a rubber stamp type thing. They're literally like, yeah, how you doing? Everything okay? Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's pretty good. You health good? You're like, yeah. Any problems? No. Okay, you're good to go. Have I told my Piven story before? Tell it again, Kevin. It's so I told excellent. My Piven and you're story such before? a wonderful storyteller. We were shooting Club Dread, and we all had to go get our physicals, right? And so you go to some doctor in Hollywood, and that's kind of her job. She's the rubber stamp. You're okay. Yeah. And the name right? of that doctor's office is always well, you don't like, know, you say her name. I'm not going to say her name. Okay. I'm going to say, like, it's always something clever, like, like real doctors, R-E-E-L, or something like that. You okay. Know, like it's okay. Like, okay. You so she saying? specializes so in that kind of stuff. Right. Putting me in a box before you even knows what I'm talking right. about. Well, you have a tendency. Yeah. So anyway, so I go to the, uh, t- I go to my, uh, you have a tendency. Thing. <laughs> I go to my thing, and I'm sitting in the waiting room. I'm sitting in the waiting room waiting for my exam. And uh, everyone's there who, who's in the thing is there because they have a job, right? Basically, every person who's a patient in that room is there for a good reason. It's because you got cast in something, and you have to go have this little physical. It's positive. Very positive, right? So you're, 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 you're not that upset that you're, you're working. There. You're getting paid. Right. So uh, I'm sitting in the waiting room, and coming out of the doctor's office, storming out of the doctor's office, is Jeremy Piven. Mm. This, right. this one has all the earmarkings of a story that Kevin's going to edit out in right. a second. Yeah, go <laughs> on. And he's and he's like he's pissed off for some reason. I don't know what. This this is this might be even pre entourage. Oh, it was way before yeah. entourage. Okay. And so I don't know, he's like pissed, he's ranting about something, like I gotta come and do this stupid uh, you know, physical and blah 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 and it's a pain in my ass and a waste of my time and I'm sitting there going, I'm just excited that I have a job that I can come and do this. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck this guy's so upset about. And so he starts ranting at the nurse behind the desk, you know, and, and to top it all off, he goes, oh, okay, fine, well, fuck it, okay, I'm done, whatever. Can you uh, validate my parking? <laughs> and she goes, I'm sorry, we don't validate parking. And he fucking went off. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ, that is so whack. That is so whack. <laughs> and he was using it for real. Yeah. That is so whack. And he was so mad that they didn't validate his parking. Didn't he slam the desk or something? And he stormed out of the... 
out of the office. That, I'll tell you who was whack that day. It was Jeremy Pitt. He was. And I was like, that's kind of, I mean, come on, He's right? You whack. got a job. Take it easy. Yeah, but it's also not her fault. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. I had uh, in the same in the same office on the same film on Super Troopers, I was uh, I went in there for my physical, and who should be in there but Christina Aguilera? Now this is pre. I mean, she she had blown up already, but like she was still a, a little kid, little kid meaning like she was like nineteen or twenty years old, but like uh, she was in there with her assistant. She had a a, a a CD Walkman, and she was like reading a magazine, bopping her head, and her assistant was next to her, and all of a sudden her head stopped bopping. Because the music, uh, the CD had ended, and she, uh, without even looking, she just like uh, reached over and tick, 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 just tapped on the CD Walkman with her fingernail. And her assistant uh, opened up a- an album with CDs in it, opened up the CD Walkman, pulled out the, the old CD, popped in a new CD, closed it, hit play, and then Christina Aguilera's head started bopping again. <laughs> And uh, I was fucking delighted. We should do a TV show, like a fucking actor, doctor, office, waiting room. It's a great idea. You know what I mean? It's a great idea. Probably you produce that? Sure. And by the way, I was thinking I should start a friend uh, matchmaking service. It's kind of, you know, like the perfect match for lovers when they're like, oh, you've got a love match and all that shit. But like, why not do one for people who want friends? Like, hey, this guy likes producing. I like producing. Rich Perello's got a new best friend. Right? Fantastic. You could friend me. Yeah, I'd find you a friend match. <laughs> well, listen, you know. Um, okay, funniest pre-production crew uh, situation. I'm, I'm going to tell mine. Okay. Okay. Super Troopers. Mm-hmm. We hired a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In pre-production. That's what you do. You hire your crew, right? We hired a makeup artist, and then uh, she had to, we gave her the Johnny Chimpo tattoo to draw and to be familiar with. And uh, she took one look at it, and she said, I'm not going to draw that. I'm not doing that. You know, because it was the dick coming out of the monkey with the little bananas coming out of the dick, right? And uh, and she said, I'm not going to draw this. Well, you got to draw this part of your job. And she quit. She quit. Come to find out later on that she had a background in porn movies, I guess, right? She was a makeup artist. Which was weird to me anyway, but she wouldn't draw Johnny Chimpo. I I draw the line at monkeys. So at the last (laughs) minute, she quits. Yeah. And we hired uh, Sherry Cornshaver. Cornshaver. I think that was like the first day of shooting. No, no, because I remember it happened in the the Catalan office in New York. I remember we were still there. Yeah. And uh, and I remember being there when the woman was like, "I'm not, I'm not doing this," right. you know. And uh, I was like, "We'll see you later." And then we got Corn Shaver, yeah, who was great, who was great, who became a good friend. Can I? I, I want to put a pin in this, right? I want to come right back to it, okay? Uh, but before I forget, I have one more doctor story. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, it's and it's not so much about me; it's about another actor that I worked with. Right. This is a, this is a good one. When I worked on that movie Failsafe, which was uh, you know Amy Cohen, our uh, associate producer on Super Troopers. Yeah. This is the live uh, George Clooney movie that was done on CBS. Uh, the day I went to get fitted and do all that stuff uh, was the day that the main cast was doing their physicals. Right. And uh, as I was walking uh, to the wardrobe trailer, somebody knocked on one of the on another trailer door that said Sam on it, mm-hmm. and uh, said uh, Sam. Uh, it's time for your physical, and then he and then walked away, and all of a sudden the door opened, and Sam Elliott just wanted to. It was Sam Elliott. He wanted to make his joke that he was about to make, but <laughs> couldn't find anyone to make it to except for the young person that was walking by his trailer at that moment, <laughs> uh-huh. which is me. He just he looked me square in the eyes with that beautiful goddamn mustache, <laughs> and he says, "I bet that doctor can't wait." 
to get his hands on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and kept walking. You melted. Say, you you pissed in your pants. Oh, yeah. You I, melted into your pants. I, yeah, I think my legs gave out immediately. I just fell over. <laughs> but that was it. Anyway, that's my. Yes, Mr. Elliot. Sam Elliot. I, I couldn't even muster that up. What are the, like, uh, as a producer, yeah. what, are those, what are those hard hires to make, those crew hires? Is, is it the big things or is the little things or is there a challenge in hiring crew yeah i mean you know part of the challenge is when you're not in the same town where you're potentially hiring people yeah right that you don't meet them until like you look at a resume and it happens all the time yep you have a conversation on the phone and then you meet this person you're going to be working with for the next three months and you're like whoa that's a tough one i wish i met that guy in person (laughs) yeah um so that's always a challenge. Yeah. And but I think every position, I mean the, the, there's so many nuances. You sort of have an expectation of like hair and makeup folks and what they're going to be like and then when you meet them or when you work with them they're completely different. Yeah. So um you just never know what you're going to get with. Sure, yeah. there's people who handle stress differently. Yeah. Like personality, like you know, we we worked with someone in the, you know, costume department uh, who's you know sometimes out of their mind, and right. but they end up doing their job really well, right? You know, and they may be they might have a you know be very emotional, sure, but they can execute. And then you have the opposite: people come in, they sound and look and act very professionally, and then when they actually do the job, it's a little less than what you expected, right? Sure. And as you uh, you know, you and I had this conversation a day or two ago. You stated to me that frankly. At the end of the day, you don't really care if somebody's an asshole as long as they get their job done. Right. I always use the flow from, uh, what was that? Uh, Alice. From Alice. Flow the waitress as my <laughs> go-to. Like, right. she's, she's got an attitude. Right. Uh, she's a bit of a pain in the ass, but she gets the job she's done. Good she's also got a good catchphrase, though. She's got kiss my grits. Kiss, kiss my, my grits. grits. Right. But the problem is, though, when those personalities clash. Clash, yeah. You're the one who has to solve that problem. Yeah, and that's you're I, the one who has to do that. Ninety percent of my job is is personality conflict resolution. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And so that is really funny that, that that's true. Yeah, but that also, I mean, you're a guy with an investment banking background, and you know, a whiz with figures, and it really comes down to the psychologist. Yeah, and I'm terrible at it. Yeah. So. No, no, you're not terrible. You're very good. No, but at it's, it. it's a constant battle. Like I, yeah. you know, I dealt with it this morning. For you know, I walk into an office where <laughs> it was a fucking shitstorm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, it's just you got to smooth everything out. Feel good, yeah. right? No, but has but that also he also has to deal with us. Oh, I know. You know, I mean, first of all, let's get something straight here because <laughs> I've heard this for years. Like Pirello thinks I'm a prima donna. He's like, oh, you've told me you're like you're a prima donna. No. <laughs> you're a prima donna. <laughs> you're actually very easygoing. You've gotten better, Lemmy. Now I am. <laughs> now, I, I, there I, was a time I never thought I was a prima donna, but it'd be things like this, like right. for instance, like on Club Dread. I required – I took some some great care to get in shape for that movie, but I still needed more help. So what I needed was uh, uh, my abs to be airbrushed. <laughs> <laughs> I needed my whole You're body. you up to that. I had, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not a vain person. I, like uh, I, I needed my whole body to be tanned every day. Well, that's a funny pre-production story is that we all – Everybody has their had to be ten. There are there are a couple of different there are a couple of different versions of this. Like yeah, for the actors, you yeah. you go in and you figure out what your look is going to be. I mean, that's, right. that's part of your character, yeah. and also in you have your, people yeah. have their personal quirks as yep. well. But yeah, we all had to be tan, right? Which meant going to spray tan. We all went to spray paint together. I remember sitting in the booth next to you, 
Yeah. Or maybe soda or something like no, that. No, we went together. It was yeah. cold. And we were all there, and, they sp- and we, we all got sprayed at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like... We go get our hair dyed together. We go get our... Yeah. Like, whatever. But, like, you you know, you have... So, on, on the set, it's like you just you go over what your look is going to be, and it's like I, I was... My model was Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> okay. So, everywhere, like, first I went to the salon... To yeah. get my hair dyed, I was like, I want dyed the Enrique Iglesias color. I want the style that Caesar haircut that Enrique Iglesias <laughs> has. You know, so brushed down. Then I was like, all right, you know, on the setup, I'm gonna need my every muscle needs to be airbrushed and contoured and highlighted. Often that would lead to me being in the makeup chair longer than any of the actresses. Sure, I'd come there first, I'd leave last. And Richard would be like, you're a prima donna, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just trying to be in character. Yeah, that kind of thing. Right. There are other personality issues that uh, that Rich has to manage that are much more serious than my prima donna. <laughs> like my prima donna. Once we get on set, you guys are pretty very manageable. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Well, I think it's all relative. I mean, like you hear horror stories of, of uh, actors. And, and we've had some of those. Yeah. You know. And you know, you deal with them as they come. But I think overall, we're relatively nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I always find it the, the folks that have the least. Amount of experience are often the most difficult. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because they don't know how it works. Yeah, but uh, but Lemmy's been prima donna in some of his pre-production requests he's made, though, right, Lemmy? Um, le- well, let's see. Like, what do you have one in mind? Yeah, like um, you made those women for beer fest go buy dildos. That's not a prima donna <laughs> thing. That's not a prima for your donna. character. That just falls under the strange <laughs> request category. All right. my, okay. For my uh, cabaret MC, yeah, I want to strap on. Uh, dildo Right For the open, that opening scene Where you're that weird Cabaret dude but these, Yeah these are my favorite Conversations though because, And we had one yesterday which I These are the, pre- the pre-production conversations These are the pre-production conversations Like uh, the wardrobe person Because it's also funny Because it's like A lot of times Departments can't They're not sure Whose uh, jurisdiction It falls under Like is Sure that, Like is, is a mustache Is a fake mustache Is that well, it's know, like hair, hair and makeup, makeup happen, or like, does, the be- does a person's beard count as hair, or does that right. count as makeup? Because it's on the face, right? Right. But like a, a strap-on dildo, is that a prop or is that wardrobe? It was determined <laughs> that that's wardrobe. Okay. Okay. And so in, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, our our, our wardrobe person was a lovely, uh, a lovely uh, older lady, and all her assistants were local, uh, lovely older ladies, and the three of them They're probably had the same to, as you are right now. They no. had to go to sex shops <laughs> in Albuquerque and find and go. And literally, they had to go and find the perfect strap-on dildo for me. Right. Now, that's not me being a prima donna. That's for the character. I wanted to fuck... Sure. That character needed a strap-on dildo, but they were like, we've got... There's... The the ones we found, there's this one. It's uh, it's uh, black, and it uh, smells and tastes like black licorice. <laughs> we've got... This one is more... It's, it's silver. It's more metallic. I was like, I don't want... No, I don't want that one. I don't want to be so showy. <laughs> it's more understated. This is more understated strap on dildo. And then like, you know, eventually they they settled on the one, but they were like they said that to go into the shop like it it they it was short straws. They no one wanted to go in there and finally they all decided to just go in together and then right. they, they were having a hoot in there like right. looking at all the stuff and uh, My husband would love this. <laughs> yeah. But but that's like, you know, like the, the our the props and wardrobe Decisions that need to be made for us are always kooky. Like yeah. we, That's, our movies are the best for that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, and they lo- like the prop guys love it. Like we did for for Beer Fest, we had the the telescopic sausage. Right, that that gam gam uh, deep throats. D- deep throats. Oh, well, she was supposed to deep throat. Supposed and then deep throat. Her agent put the kibosh yeah. on that. <laughs> we wanted them to build uh, for yeah for for that movie. We wanted yep. them to build the a giant, quarter. Yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, you know the story is that like. Uh, you know, you swallowed a quarter during uh, 
during a game of quarters. Yeah. And then uh, I guess we didn't actually use. Well, it for we put the movie. that in the we put that in the extras. In the s- but yeah, we shot that scene where I tell the story about I played quarters and I swallowed a quarter. Yeah, and then we, and the it joke took a, was it took that, a journey like, through my body. Yeah, a disgusting journey through my body. And the journey was that then George Washington's face would come out ha- horrified, right? <laughs> like Han Solo in the carbon freezer. He's like, ah. Right. And uh, but so they actually built uh, a giant quarter because I think like, we were going to show it, or, sure, or something like that. Yeah, that was that was that's a funny one. Oh. Like the like also like uh, uh, pr- uh, salmon salmon prosthetic like we had to do prosthetics in pre production too, right? You had to get that whole nose thing done for you. That's a funny. That was a funny request. Yeah, I mean that's uh, you know that's just that's part of the movie. You have to go in like get my big nose made, and uh, so you go and they cover your face in plaster, and uh, then they build this uh, the fake nose, and you go back and they try it on, and you're like bigger, bigger. <laughs> that's one. We uh, I went. I had to go do the eye of the Jew. Yep. So I'd go in, and uh, you know they, they made me my, my fake contact lens for the, for the eye of the Jew. That was also where they informed me that I had twenty fifteen vision, which right. is better than twenty twenty. Well, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's uh, that's where I was notified of that amazing, yep. amazing fact. Uh, also, there are uh, you know the yarmulkes. That was where, like, with the wardrobe, I got together and like talk mm-hmm. talk about the different yarmulkes that I, that I wanted. Right. There's the, uh, the the art department, like, uh, on quality time, we decided that we wanted a dick in every piece of signage. Like, you know, those, like, subliminal uh, dicks right. everywhere. Right. So, That's the pilot we made, right? Yeah, so, like, uh, it's fun because you get to design a lot of stuff. Sure, and every graphic has a dick hidden in it somewhere. Yeah, but, like, okay, like... This, like, like Disney. That's what they do at Disney. Like, in Super Troopers, the bar that we run into in the opening scene was called Rich. What was it called? Do you remember? The bar in the opening scene. Oh, it, it Roadhouse? Was, no, no. Kev, you remember what it's called? Yeah, I do, yes. It was called the Thin Queen Tavern. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then they made a nice picture of like a thin queen. Like, uh, for, for well, it's because I had lost a lot of weight for Super Yeah, Troopers. so Kevin's nickname is Queen. Right. So we, so we called him Thin Queen. And that was the name of the tavern. Thin Queen Tavern. It's right. all kinds of they it. Made a Spurberry, sign. Vermont, was right. named after our friend Jim Sperber. Sure. sure. Um, those are all the funny things you get to do. Um, Rich. Yes. As we move into Super Troopers 2, as we are in Super Troopers pre-production, what are the big challenges for Super Troopers 2 pre-production? Like, what are the challenges for you in pre-production now? Well, on this particular part of the shoot, we have, we have a lot to accomplish. So yeah. we're, we're running stunts while we're doing first unit stuff with all of our key actors, our principal actors. So managing what's happening in two different places at the same time is a little... Terrifying. Sure, sure. Because usually we don't do second unit. We, uh, right. we usually do I mean, that's safe for very big unit. movies. I don't think we ever did. I mean, second unit for us was me going with the camera guy somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah like or the camera me, guy. Me and yeah. Rob or you and or whatever. Or, yeah. And, going and shooting some stuff. shit. But we actually have two crews going at the same yeah, time. So for we this. have, you know, fast cars moving down the highway yeah. and, uh, you know, aside from what we're doing with our principal actor. So that whole logistical process. Um, it's going to be interesting to manage. We did a bunch of uh, second unit stuff for Club Dread. Yeah, but that was just uh, we well, didn't we have a whole other crew. That well, was us. A stunt crew with the boat. Oh yeah, that's true. That right, the closing stunt that was a crew. Big production. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was right, a right. last minute addition. Yeah, yeah. But that was like three or four days of like that was a mutiny. Yeah, yeah. But that was a real. That was a real second unit. It was yes, thing. yes. There was a second unit guy director and yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you think there's any kind of like? Do you feel any kind of pressure? Because we do. Uh, but how do you do? You feel any pressure like bi- living up to the first movie? Yes, constantly. Yeah, but you know, like I know you guys will deliver, but it's all the other pieces and making sure. You know, I think that's always in the back of my head, pleasing all the fans and 
delivering as much as we can to them. This is yeah. something, I guess this won't really affect us in pre-production, although we are planning it. This is a, a new component is, is the crowdfunding aspect of it. We are, something that we've never had to do before is we are now working with our crowdfunding uh, director to coordinate all of the, the set visits, yep. that, that portion of it. Yep, um, which we will satisfy all of them. Which we will. Yeah. But that's something we've never dealt with before. So, like, we're actually now planning, to, like, which day is the, you know, the, the... But I also find that to be the case now in the sense of, like, a lot of people who know we're shooting want to come. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? no, I'm, I'm getting calls every day. Yeah, and uh, I am, too. And it's just people who want to be here. And, uh, and I, I, it, that you know, you appreciate that, but, like, it's hard to impress upon people the fact that we don't, we're not socializing. Like, we'll be right. working manically, nonstop, for 15 hours yeah. on the day you're here. Well, that's the thing. I think it's, <laughs> it is the misconception. And look, listen, we're not, you know, we're not building rocket ships here. No, no, no. But we're, like, not, we're not digging ditches. No, but it's, but, it's, but we're not, we don't go, we don't tell people like, oh, you work for Google? <laughs> uh, we're going to come and uh, hang out with you for a few days at your job yeah. and just stand there and watch you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not that. You know, like yeah. we're, we're, we're actually... And it's working. actually, when people come up, it ends up being kind of boring for them. I mean, it's not, you know, a super exciting thing. I keep trying to, to get people, because we're going to be standing on the side of a road yeah. for 14 hours. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be cold. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the other thing. <laughs> I actually find it to be a little bit more stressful, too, because then, like, what happens is there are things that, even at the end of day shooting, that... Uh, they think we're done. Uh, like there is more work for us to do as, as the producers. Sure, we had to prep people. for the next day. Yeah, but then also as individuals, as, as an actor, you're like, all right, now I have to get in the headspace of tomorrow and yep. like over my lines and all that stuff. And people are like, you're done working. Let's go fucking party. <laughs> we should just hire like a, like a second unit team to handle, party handle the people that come visit. <laughs> sure. Like, hey, these guys will take you out tonight. Sure. We need a sure. social chairman. Yeah. We need a social. A I try to slough that shit off my brother, but now he, you know, he works harder yeah, than we working. do. Yeah, he's good too. But he's got, he's gotten good. But we've had some fun things in this pre-production. I feel like, uh, you know, without giving a whole lot away, we, we had a little. Uh, we're let's just say we're working with the Eagles of Death Metal. We we uh, right. We let's just say the the boys. Uh, we 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 have a band now. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see if that's the case. But we'll throw it out there. We, we, the contracts aren't signed. Let me. Right. Sure, sure. But like, for instance, like you can hear. My drumsticks. Sure. We went. Uh, we got to go and rehearse a song with the Eagles of Death. Right. They taught us how to play the guitars and sure. play the drums. And uh, uh, another another terrifying aspect of pre-production for you. Well, well, hold on, hold on. We're, yeah. we're not done there. So this is where Kevin and I differ a little bit. Like I'm trying to really learn my drum part so that I can play it because <laughs> we're going to run the song and then we're actually going to play it. Mm-hmm. Kevin's attitude, and you'll see it reflected in Club Dread with the swordplay. Wonderfully. He, he's like, just go through, just do a comedy. Who gives a shit? We're going to use two seconds of it. Don't worry about it. Well, that's the thing. They said to me, hey, you got to do the swordplay scene during pre-production. Do you want to go and take a sword lesson? I'm like, ah, what the fuck am I going to take a sword? I'm just going to swing the sword. I don't give a shit. It'll be funny. Yeah. But you know what would have been awesome? Is if, if Kevin came out there and was like a master with those swords, he'd be like, holy fucking shit. But I never would have been, so it doesn't no, matter. And it's funnier the way it is. I don't think so. You know, Kevin, I think it's great the way it is. This is where, again, I'm going to continue to diff, uh, <laughs> d- differ with Kevin because like, Kevin is a big, writing-wise, to your credit, Kevin. Thank you. To your credit. Thank you. What Kevin likes to do is like if we're – let's say we were making a, a movie or a, a TV show about uh, – the water bottling industry. <laughs> what he would do is go up and look w- up water bottling, and he would find all the details that would make it funny. Mm-hmm. When you don't prepare <laughs> for your sword play, 
you're losing out on that. That's not very Kevin Heffernan. Mm-hmm. That's just lazy. Uh, I don't you're think you're not a lazy. lazy. Person, Kevin. I think there's a point where you go too serious and then it's not funny. No, what you do is you go you go serious enough so that you can learn the ins and outs of that thing, okay. as you know. Kevin. Okay. okay, you failed. Okay, okay. I don't know. I, I, you're saying that that's not funny. That seems not funny. Uh, not as funny as it could be. Oh come on! Not as funny it's as it could be. Great, you're kidding me. Uh, the yes, I have something. Uh, now your pre-production. You have a fun pre-production thing tomorrow. I'm or the next day. It's on Wednesday. I'm terrified. Right. We uh, there without giving too much away. Without giving too much away, I uh, am going to ride a horse. <laughs> right. In this movie, <laughs> right. and um, as as I believe I have I have talked about in one of our podcasts, I'm terrified of horses. <laughs> because when I was a kid, I went to a, a place called the Smith Farm. I was three years old, and my parents wanted to get me to ride a horse. And the horse that they, they'd all selected for me was a horse named Nuts. And when I went into the barn, it was like it was like it was like kind of bucking. And I remember seeing the whites of its eyes like rolling back. Right. I did not get on that horse, and I have been forever terrified of right. horses. It's now we talked about the the horse you're going to have this week. It's called Nutsier. Yeah, more nuts <laughs> or nuttier. Yeah. Uh, I've been asked. I'm like, you know, look at dude ranches. They have those horses for like the people who've never ridden before. That are they're just they actually need to be pulled because they're that slow. Like they're right. they're na- they're the old nags. Right. That's what I need. But that's the fun thing about pre-production. You're gonna get to go work it out. I'm riding. And horses. the other thing, Chairman Sacker asked to ride one too, and he's deathly allergic to horses. Yeah. And so he might get on the horse, and his head might pop. Well, that's <laughs> the that's the funny thing too is his his uh, there's a little duplicity in his uh, in his horse riding session. It's one is to teach him how to ride a horse, and it's two. To see how much time we've got him on a horse before he explodes. <laughs> yeah, I just ordered the epimef- epinephrine. Oh yeah, the epipen, yeah, epipen, yeah. so or whatever it is. Epipen in case of emergency. That's Jeez. part of my pre-production process Jeez. to make sure the director doesn't die. You see the shit that he has to do, Lamy. You know. see the shit he has to do. Well, but we've had that before. You remember, like uh, we did, uh, we had to reshoot a scene for Super Troopers. It was the scene in the bedroom, the German yeah. swinger scene mm-hmm. with the you know the mustache ride and everything. And I guess the day before, I know uh, Jay blamed it on some medicine or something like that, but he had, he's very alert. He had a breakout of hives. Yeah. He has a psychosomatic illness situation. He does. Right? Like, his stress manifests itself in physical ailments. Yes. Like in Puddle Cruiser. Right. He, he was getting limp. stressed out with the butt. He wound up having a bum knee. There's a scene where jogging around the track. He's got a knee brace on. He could barely run. Right. His leg just suddenly gave out from stress. <laughs> he broke out of the hives on Super Troopers. Something's going to happen. Something. Something's going to happen. Um, all right, we're long here. Well, we're long. So uh, is there anything you want to ask Perella before we let him go? Uh, yeah, do you remember uh, another thing about... Uh, do you remember why you didn't want me to play the lead in, uh, in Puddle Cruiser? This was part of, uh, of pre-production. Okay. I don't. Okay. You this don't? is casting. This was the casting part. Because you thought I blinked too much. <laughs> That's what Perella said? Yeah, he said he blinks too much. He blinks a lot. He can't, what does he that can't, mean? He, played, he blinks too much. It's like the opposite of the king in uh, in in uh, who never blinks. Yeah, who never blinks. <laughs> Do you have like some blinking? Fetish? I don't remember. No, I just don't remember that. Maybe uh-huh. just watching you on tape and just seeing. Uh... He, he blinks a lot. He blinks a lot. <laughs> What's his problem? He blinks a lot. He can't be the lead. He can't. Who, be the lead. What one would fall in love with him? Guy yeah. blinks so much. You yeah. got to see his eyes to fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You get into his eyes. <laughs> Do you love me, Rich? I do love you. <laughs> I love you too. Uh, the uh, no, I mean, you know, look, you've been through you. you 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 realize that you go movie making is a grueling process. Uh, you know, like sometimes you'd hear those stories about like Steven Spielberg is like, it took me twenty years to make Schindler's List, and you're like, 
bullshit, motherfucker. You Spielberg. Like, how is that possible? And you realize it's true. It's like there are a lot of things, a lot of hoops we've had to uh, jump through, and that we still have to jump. That through. we're still jumping through to to get this film made. Right. Um, but we are shooting in a few days. Very That's excited. a great thing. Yeah, we start can't shooting. wait. Yeah, it's gonna be great. That's a great thing. Thank you, Prella, for uh, for you. all the work. That you're Thank doing. you, Dick P. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for having Dick me Dick on your podcast. You're fired. Yeah, you're fired. Can't fire me. <laughs> you're fired. Yes, I can fire you. I'm a producer. You're fired. Um, all right, Perla, what, what does the rest of your day consist of? Tell, tell us some funny uh, shit that you have I've to do today. I've got a 4 o'clock call with the lawyers to go through all the talent contracts oh, and that'll all be the fun. Uh, union contracts. Oh, that'll okay. be fun. Um, I have about 30 people requesting me right now to sign paperwork on equipment and some other stuff. Good, okay. Budgets. So you're psyched okay. you're here with us. Yeah. yeah, and I've got to go pick out some background extras, which uh, you guys should take a look at. Okay. Okay. All right. uh, here, listen to all this stuff that Perla's got to do. Yeah. Yeah, for those who don't know, Perla was, uh, was Cliff the Pear. Was Cliff the Pear in Club yeah. Dread? Yeah. Yeah, Who gets slashed always, across the tummy? Rich is always in our movies. He gets to play a bartender. Uh, that's a, that time you, you didn't play a bartender. I did. I oh, played yeah, did. Cliff you, the bartender, but the yeah. bartender. we cut out the bartender part. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but not uh, because of performance, literally and figuratively. No, you're a good actor, Rich. Thank you. You're good-ish. You cut really his belly out. I really don't like it. He's the guy who I act, asked for six schlitzes in Super Troopers. Mm. He's the guy I asked, give no me six schlitzes. Schlitz. Yeah. No Schlitz, whatever's free. I got a check for five dollars and forty-seven cents because of that. Yeah, baby. The other day. See what's up? Producing pays off. It does. What's up? Um, all right. Okay, we're good. Pre-production. Thank let's, you, everybody. Let's chew something on the way out. Which we chew. I'm. You know what I'm gonna chew? Yeah. I'm gonna chew uh, some Twizzlers. In this in this pre-production, we sometimes you know we party. Yeah, like uh, the, you know, your first day, everyone gets together. You want to get together and socialize. Right, and you break your no drinking rule on the first day. You're like, hey, let's blow it out. We get to know people we yeah. haven't met yet. And uh, this first night, uh, Jay and our director of photography and I yeah. stayed out very late. Yeah, wound up uh, hitching a ride. We all went out together. You stayed home. La- you stayed out later. Yeah, we all went out to dinner. Had a wonderful time. Had some drinks afterwards. Yeah, three of us stayed out later. Wound up hitching a ride from a cop. Right, uh, drove back <laughs> to the hotel in a cop car. I uh, all, what I do remember what I know is I woke up in the morning with something underneath me. Yeah, and it was a uh, two Twizzlers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I then which I ate for breakfast, uh, and uh, they were delicious. But okay. so I'm going to eat Twizzlers. Okay. What are, you, right. what are you trying? I'm going to have something like that I can't have, like the, like brownie with ice cream or oh. something like that. Oh. You know what I mean, because oh. I can't have Don't it. Don't torture yourself, Kev. Right. Have more salad. Probably what are you going to? I'm going celery. <laughs> You can go the other direction? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because right, I'm not going to have any celery. Right. You won't have celery. Right. You'll have brownies with ice cream. That's right. Um, thanks for growing a mustache, though, too. I'm Good for morale. For the team. The yeah. whole crew is growing mustaches. Yeah. My wife was like, Rich grew a mustache? And I was like, yeah, she got to think I've ever seen a facial hair. What does he look like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's like, I have the mustache. Going fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. You're very virile. My children can't wait for it to go away. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, though. It's good. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's chew our respective stuff. Celery. Twizzlers. Twizzlers. Brownie with ice cream. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Mm. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. Thanks for joining us, Rich Perello. Can I have a bite of yours, Kev? Yeah, have some of mine. Oh, oh, have some Red vines? No, Twizzlers. No, Twizzlers. Okay. Red vines are jive ass. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for yeah. talking about pre-production. Mm. You have to come, up, come on again. We'll talk about more Sounds shit good. with you. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, true crew. Hey, true crew. Uh, we love you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.